Paul. So, Justin, did the NBA wake up just drunk this morning. Yeah, it was drunk. Yeah, it was. It definitely, if not drunk, hung over and puking. Right. Exactly. So <laughs> there's this there's this phrase that I feel like we used a lot on this pod our first four seasons uh, that we haven't used recently. Uh, do you know what that phrase is? I I I know. Okay. <laughs> it's 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 as Suns fans we can't have nice things. Oh yeah, no, but, we can't have nice things. Yeah. But I don't think we're really in that much trouble with this whole Chris Paul. Oh, we're talking about Chris Paul in case anybody's wondering. With this whole Chris Paul testing positive for COVID thing. And we're here for you at Fanning the Flames to explain to you why. Valley boys, we them 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 valley boys. Let's go sons to the day y'all die. Valley boys, we them valley boys, we them valley boys, we them valley boys, we them valley boys. All right, welcome to this episode of Fanning the Flames, everybody. The OG Phoenix Suns podcast that is made for the fans. That is you guys by the fans. That is us. Uh, of course, you can follow me on Twitter. I'm at Sosa's J. Paul. I'm at Dervish of World. And the pod is at Fan the Flames NBA. As always, our intro and outro music is provided by Zane Zor, the official rapper of the Phoenix Suns, if you will. You can check him out over at Zane Zor. Dot com that's spelled z-a-n-e-z-o-r and then dot com uh give us a follow on twitter like i said and of course all of the bright side of the sun podcasts are available on all pod forms and if you subscribe on one of those make sure to rate review and subscribe so paul let's jump right into this let's talk about chris paul and let's talk about chris paul with a special guest that we have on the pod today uh if you are from Phoenix, you've probably heard of this man's name. You've probably heard of some of his musical acts, some of his bands, the format, fun this past year. Never going to score. Nate Roos, welcome to the pod. Welcome to Fanning the Flames. <laughs> I, of course, I'm not going to make this a music podcast. You are here to talk basketball with us, and thank you for talking basketball with us. But I, 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 I had a throw it out there. That's cool. I mean, the only thing I ever want to talk about is basketball anyway. <laughs> I wish that during the years that I um, had any success – and I had interviews that people would just talk to me about basketball. In fact, I actually, I've made a friend in the last year, like online um, through like music or whatever, whatever community I belong to online, um, who was like, oh yeah, I, I actually did an interview with you, you know, five or six years ago for music. And afterwards, like you just hung out at the bar and like, we just talked about the Toronto Raptors because it was in Toronto. And, um, and I used to be a, diehard Raptors fan so a diehard Raptors fan okay let's unpack that how'd you become a diehard <laughs> Raptors fan this is gonna this is gonna sound crazy um this is what a this is truly what a basketball fan is uh I was a Phoenix Suns fan growing up my entire life like diehard well, hope so yeah raised, well raised in Phoenix yes raised in, in Phoenix in, in the 92 93 Barkley years I mean hard, I, hard not to all of it, just the, the most beautiful, amazing stuff ever. It's like the, even I, I, when Steve Nash was drafted, um, this is one of the earliest format stories because I didn't know Sam from the format, um, but we both had a mutual friend and they were listening to the radio uh, when Steve Nash had gotten drafted. I think it was the same year that Mario, what was his name? He went to ASU. Mar Mario, oh, Mario Bennett. Mario Bennett. It was Mario Bennett. It wasn't Mario Ellie. It was Mario Bennett. Yes, right? I think I they think were so. Steve Nash hey, we and Mario technology. Let's look it up. While, Steve while Nash and Mario Bennett were drafted. I think the same year. 
I called into the local sports show and was like, I was, I must've been like 12. And I was like, Steve Nash was a great pick. Um, <laughs> which is all, and, and my friend Sam had actually heard me on the radio. Then that was one of my earliest. I, so I guess maybe I was 14. Um, but that was one of the first times that I had had an interaction with Sam, uh, was his friend, both of our mutual friend, um, uh, being like, Hey, we heard you on the radio, like call in and talk, talk about what a great draft pick, uh, Steve. Nash. Uh, I would, I would say what a time calling into radio shows, except we, we just and I through this whole, uh, sons thing, we've, uh, been lucky to become friends with, uh, John Bloom, who's, uh, one of the radio hosts here in Phoenix. Um, he's hopefully fingers crossed going to be taken over for Al McCoy when he retires as the uh, play-by-play guy, but he does like the after show oh, no for the Suns games. And I called into that, like not two weeks ago. Oh really? So, yeah. I was, we were driving home, uh, after, uh, the, I was driving home after the win, uh, when we beat LA on the road, uh, in game four. And then I was like, eh, screw it. I'll, I'll call in. You're still got, calling it. You're still calling in. Yeah. I haven't done it in 22 years. I don't, I think that's the first time in my entire life I'd called in. <laughs> I was like, screw it. Um, I feel, I feel like, I feel like after the next, uh, next son's win, Paul, uh, maybe you, you and Nate need to do a three-way call to bloom. So you guys can both call him. That sounds that sounds like it'd be fun. I don't call because I, I, I don't want to mess with the basketball mojo and of not uh, calling in, uh, change things up. Yeah, exactly. Of not calling. I'm, I'm, um, I'm superstitious. So uh, just a little or a lot. Well, so what happened with me then with the sons was, uh, then I think I made it like a friend who was in the Suns organization, I think who did PR. So I would go get to go sit like courtside during the format days, um, during those Phoenix Nash, Na, uh, the Steve Nash era. Um, but then Jerry Colangelo sold the team mm-hmm. and Brian Colangelo took over as the general manager. And I thought that like he had done an amazing job. And I thought that Sarver kind of threw him under the bus um, after that Joe Johnson year when they didn't re-sign Joe Johnson. Then that's when I was like, you know what? I'm done with this this club. Like, this guy's not going to spend any money. He doesn't care about our city. I'm going to go with Brian Colangelo to Toronto. That That's a move. <laughs> that's Follow a move. Out. I mean, I, I know, I know wow. there's, there's, ki- there's, there's kids, you know, in this day and age of like the kids – follow the players more than they follow the team. So, you know, you got the LeBron fans who were like, they're, they're a Cleveland fan till they're a Miami fan till they're a Cleveland fan again. So now they're Lakers fans. Sorry. Um, but to move for a GM, wow, that's, that's, that's a move. Well, I was I mean, not I, expecting that. No, to pay but, off that story. no, but let me take it back. Even crazier is I always thought G- Brian Colangelo is the shittiest GM ever. <laughs> <laughs> but, <you> still- <laughs> but no, no, no. But then, but then the Steve Nash thing happened and then Joe Johnson. And I was just like, but I always like gave credit to, I guess maybe my dad at an early age was like, well, Jer- you know, Jerry kept this team in town and it always felt like a communal type of thing. So mm-hmm. like, I, I don't know if you guys have done a deep dive into the Colangelo family. Um, I don't know if they're the best. We don't, the, that, that would be the jam session. The other podcast, they're the ones who do deep dives. We we are uh, less prepared. Okay. Okay. Well, <laughs> either proficient. way, um, uh, I always thought Brian Colangelo sucked, but then 
like I, you could, you couldn't argue with him. It was okay. So Joe Johnson, I think was strike one and two that they didn't resign him that year because let's face it. The Suns would have won a championship had they kept Joe Johnson. So yeah, yeah. so Sarver's to blame about that. But then for, um, for Colangelo to get Boris Jow out of that deal and make him like so amazing that the Suns team was so amazing next year. And Boris was my favorite, like he replaced Joe Johnson. He was my favorite player. Um, but I can't remember what Sarver did after that, but I was just like, yeah, you know what? I'm done with this guy. I can't do this. I'm going to go like follow Brian Colangelo, wherever he goes. And he went to the Raptors and that was the year they got Bargnani and he drafted Bargnani. And I defended Bargnani blindly for like three or four years until I was just like, I'm a diehard Toronto Raptors fan, but like, we got to fire this fucking GM. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that, yeah, that's quite the route to get to uh, the, the, the Toronto fandom. So are you still a Raptors fan or do you claim allegiance anywhere at this point? Well, I'm a, I'm an interesting cat because, um, I mean, just like I, the same thing with my career arc, if it, if things are going well, then I'm apt to just bail. Um, so the Toronto Raptors, I think had made the playoffs for like two straight years. And I was just like, I like, I need to go find like a shitty team. <laughs> and I lived in New York at the time. So there's no shittier team than the New York Knicks. Um, and so I started going to Knicks games and I was like, this like sucks. <laughs> <laughs> oh no wait but somewhere in the middle of that um uh i had moved to los angeles like in the height of like any of my popularity and um had gotten season tickets for the one year that i was kind of like supposed to be writing the like the next fun album that i didn't end up making um and so i got season tickets to the lakers and i think it was a dwight howard year and i went to the first game and it was like all right, I'm not going to another game again. Oh, gee. Like, I was never going to be a Lakers fan, but I love basketball so much. So so I thought that I would maybe at least, like, go do a whole bunch of games. But no, I just, like, would scalp my tickets every night. Well, see, and there, there's a sign of somebody who truly has Phoenix running through the blood is notwithstanding the love for basketball, the fact that you're in the city there and you got a season ticket, you're like, yeah, I can't, still can't stand to sit there and watch the Lakers every night. I, 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 can, I can appreciate that. That's for sure. Yeah, the Lakers suck. That 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 definitely is in my Phoenix blood. Um, but to come back around on the Suns, um, I just like didn't care about the Suns. I thought that like I I still held firm on my like Sarver is the worst person in the entire world. I there's there's cool. a lot of uh, us out there. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I've I'm sure. Waned on it, but yeah, I'm a, sure you guys are in the middle. Here. I'm sitting here like on a bandwagon season. Like you guys have been through. <laughs> all of this so there's well you're the, looking at justin the sarver apologist i know i know he's <laughs> he's apologized to me before um like almost a year ago when i when i first <laughs> got on to twitter um i got a dm from him talking about the suns and i was telling him why i don't like them and and but i guess i gotta give justin credit because he was like we're gonna be a great team this year like i think we're gonna be amazing and I was like, yeah, dude, no, no. Like you guys are going to make the playoffs. Um, but what happened for me was, um, yeah, I always clown the Suns. I remember going last year, right before COVID, I was in Phoenix and I went to the game where like Jamal Murray just like lit them up. But um, he does but, that against the Suns. Yeah, he tends to do yeah. that. <laughs> but what happened for me was I got into fantasy basketball in the last like year and a half. So I became like a student. I I went back to just like cheering for everybody in the league, as opposed to like having a team. I just cheered for like particular players, but, um, uh, 
I had Chris Paul on my, in my like dynasty league. So he, he, I somehow picked him up in free agency because two years ago, everybody thought he was done for. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I inherited a really bad team in the dynasty league. And so, um, I was able to draft him because nobody wanted him and, um, and he's just been phenomenal. And so when he switched over to the Suns, I was like, I have no choice, but to cheer for them. And I've always been a Macal Bridges guy. Um, and he's always been on my team too. And I won the championship this year. So I know that the Suns are special. Is that a sign? Ooh, you won the, it, I, and, and it's always a pleasure to uh, be in the presence of a fellow fantasy basketball champion, I must say. So uh, champion to champion. Congratulations. Who were your um, sons again? What was that? Who were your sons again? My sons, I had Booker and actually only had Bridges. Booker on no, my I thought team. you had. I thought you I should. Did. I thought... I did not have bridges. Just yeah, just book. That doesn't hold on. Now I have to look. I feel like Booker is fantasy poison. Yeah, see, we've learned to start listening to Justin on things, and this is coming from a guy who's known him for 20 years and never <laughs> listened to him on anything. But <laughs> after he called the 8-0 bubble, um, like and he was like the only one and he wasn't joking about it. <laughs> yeah, but would you guys do like would you guys do the show like two years ago and be like, I think the sun like Oh man, this team. Oh, yeah, we talk ourselves in every season. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, you yeah, 100%. <laughs> we, 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 we dubbed ourselves the podcast of optimism for, for a reason. And I, I'm unabashed. He was 80% of that optimism. <laughs> that's great. I mean, that, I guess that's a good thing to be in. Also, you need, well, other than reality keeping you in check, you need a, a human being to keep you in check, too. <laughs> well, I, I, you I know. tried. <laughs> <laughs> eventually the, the, me, the optimism yeah it, it just rubs off it rubs off well, it, um, it also corrupted the team because yeah see <laughs> I, I i spoke every, i'm speaking things into existence and i i do love the fact Nate, and i have to thank you for this that you mentioned that i told you about a year ago that the suns would be great this year lest anybody doubt <laughs> the fact that i predicted that uh there's a uh, off the record conversation now on the record to further establish it sorry i Sometimes I can't turn the lawyer thing off anyway. No, no, that's, so. and that's good. But I do believe that I said something along the lines of like, I think they'll be okay, but I think you're being like crazy because Sarver will find a way to sabotage this team. <laughs> and guess what? I, guess who's in a contract year next year? Chris Paul. Yeah, but then I heard something about giving a max extension to, to Mikhail Bridges, which I would do. They have a lot There's gonna be of There's going to be a lot of checks signed this summer. There's going to be a lot of checks signed this summer. Yeah, and well, and you know, Sarver recently was on uh, I can't remember which show, but on on Arizona Sports Radio out here, and he doesn't make a lot of public speaking appearances, let alone radio Learned. appearances. I'd say that's maybe the second one I can really remember in good for him because back history. in back at the beginning, he just wanted to be he was like like uh, he just wanted to be Mark Cuban, which was yeah. the lamest thing ever. Like he tech was, guys, tech guys mm-hmm. owning teams, uh, or I mean, just these guys owning teams. But tech guys are tech guys are a hundred times worse than anybody. But but these guys own bankers teams. wanting to be tech guys are worse. Oh my god, yes, <laughs> bank, a banker wanting to be a tech guy owning a team. That's what you fucking deal with. And that's what we that's what we have. But he exactly. But at, to that point, he he has grown in not not being front and center all the time. And in this appearance, they brought up the point that the Suns, if they want to keep this team together, are going to have to spend a lot of money. And he said, 
He's prepared to spend the money that needs to be spent to keep this team, you know, together, put a winner on the court, to continue to put a winner on the court. I'm going to believe that that's going to be the case. And um, until I'm proven wrong, I'm going to continue to believe that. And we'll see. But hey, you know what? We are getting ahead of ourselves because let's talk. Let's talk about Nate's wonder player on his team, Chris Paul, and his uh, positive COVID test. Because (laughs) we can't have any things. Dude, it's it's not 2020 anymore. I woke up early this morning. (laughs) I'm 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 a. I'm a night owl. I'm very often up late and I wake up uh, pretty much as late as I can uh, before I have to do whatever I need to do to take the kids where they need to be in the morning. I happened to get up about 530 this morning instead of my typical sleeping in a little bit. And I met with a tweet from Sham saying that Chris Paul's in the health and safety protocol. And I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> like the one time I get up early, this is what I get. Uh, at least I didn't need coffee because I then immediately text people. I'm like, what is going on? But I mean, Paul, I texted you right away, um, yeah. you know, and I'll ask you this question after asking Nate, because that would be rude if I asked you before our, no, you our could ask, guests. You could ask him for me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll ask you first, because I don't want to be rude, but you're certainly welcome to pass the, pass it on to him for, <laughs> pass the answer on to him. Well, cool. When you heard, what was the first thought of when you heard about this whole Chris Paul in health and safety protocol thing like i like i said i'm like it's not 2020 anymore what's going on here what was your initial reaction paul i i just (laughs) my first thought was like okay he was in contact near somebody who had it i didn't i don't think i had gone down the path of oh he's got covid and okay because like it just it's been rare. Like, <laughs> I don't know if you saw um, when Shams put out the tweet later today that like um, of the 167 pe- uh, NBA players tested for COVID, only one tested positive. And then everybody was quoting you like, huh, I wonder who that was. <laughs> <laughs> we have a lot of, we have a lot of very intelligent folks that are on Twitter that would be able to deduce that. Yes. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, as it all unfolded with like Gambo coming out and giving more information, I was like, okay, well, it sucks. But, you know, then when Gambo was like, okay, he's been vaccinated. So I'm like, okay, that's, you know, yeah, you can still get it, but it means, you know, you're probably going to be less severe, which means he's probably not going to have, you know, can be back sooner and the lasting effects won't be as bad. So I talked myself into, we'll be fine. <laughs> thank I you justin lo- for the I optimism t- i was just gonna say that man i'm like that's that seems like some of me rubbing off right there you're talking yourself into chris paul potentially not being available in the playoffs i love it because i'm okay with it if, if it goes that way i don't think it will for some reasons but anyway nate what, what were you thinking i mean what's your, your general thoughts on the whole situation well, because i again, checked, it's, it's I, weird i checked my dms and i saw from you um uh that he was I like that was so that was how I woke up this morning was finding out about Chris Paul from you. Usually I check hoop hoops hype like that's one of the first things that I check in the morning. But somehow I opened up my Twitter this morning and I uh, had a DM from you that Chris Paul had tested positive and all I literally thought was like I knew that dude was an anti-vaxer. I knew he was an anti-vaxer. <laughs> and like and my point has been proven because I would watch I watched him at the end of at the end of the Denver series walk up into the stands and I was like 
I know you're an anti-vaxxer, Chris Paul. So like, <laughs> you really trust yourself doing that? Like, I feel like you're going to catch COVID. And so I was like, oh my God, I can't believe I called it. I like, Chris Paul is, um, he's an interesting cat. I like. He's not an anti-vaxxer. He did, he is vaccinated. He's been vaccinated yeah, since February. I just, I figured like banana boat, you know, like yeah. I thought about all <laughs> that stuff. But then I was like, he's kind of Obama's guy, like. You know, I I believe that that the NBA should have stopped in the bubble um, uh, after what happened in Milwaukee protested. I felt like the, they should have su- shut the season down. Um, and I think that Obama just wanted to watch basketball. So he called up Chris Paul, who's the head of the, <laughs> yeah. the union. And like, I think that Chris Paul just like bowed down. And I felt like that was kind of a sellout move. Um, uh that's a that's a hot take, but nonetheless, uh, I just, I just we like how aggregators hey, fanning the flames. Hot takes, it's perfect. As just like as like as a pro union guy, I, I just that I didn't feel like that was the right move for the union, um, and I feel like it was because Obama told him to that he wanted to watch basketball, that the world needed to watch basketball to heal or something like that, which is totally not. Anyways, um, so I was like, yeah, there's no way Chris got vaxxed. Like, I know he's like, I, I have friends who have worked with Chris Paul um, and they've said that he's like the truly the most pleasant, awesome person to ever work with. But I also know those people might have a little bit of like, like health people are weirdly anti-vax. <laughs> and Chris Paul is a very healthy guy. Like, and we saw it with the LeBron stuff like a lot of times they just get like it's like tom brady just gets like weird information from like some guy who's not an actual scientist um you know telling him that vaccinations are bad but it's just like so i was a little worried that maybe chris paul had some bad information and hadn't got vaxxed up but then as you and i had kind of gone through it you were like no i think he's gotten vaxxed like jalen rose said he's been vaxxed and stuff like that and sure enough um he's been vaccinated so it's either like the Damian Lee thing. Is that who it was? Yeah. It's, like, yeah. it's either like Damian Lee where he, he caught COVID and it's, you know, it happens to people who get vaccinated too. Or it's like the Jason, Jason Tate thing where it's like a false positive. Right. And, and that's the thing that I think a lot of people are kind of hopeful, you know, hanging, hanging the hat on uh, at least initially, and maybe you know, everything's changing constantly with this, but was the hope that it, it it is a false positive. And my, my, my first thought was that, but then I started thinking about it and I'm like, well, the Suns aren't playing obviously. So if it, if it's a false positive, like why wouldn't, don't you think they would have another test before it's announced? But then I got to thinking, I'm like, well, they're going to have practice. They're going to have some media availability. There'll be questions why Chris Paul isn't seen. So it's not like it's something that's not going to get out because obviously the positive test, regardless if it's, ultimately seen to be a negative test or found to be a negative or excuse me, a false positive, uh, he'd still be required to not be at the facility and what have you right now. Um, so I don't know. It seems like the general feeling, general consensus is that it's not going to be something that's going to be more along the, um, Damian Lee situation. And hopefully that ends up being the case. Uh, well, it, and Damian Lee, or even when players caught COVID during the year, like I had right, two, yeah. two or three players from like my fantasy team catch COVID and they were out for like two weeks, two and a half, three weeks. They right. caught COVID like they like, like drew holiday got sick, you know, like, um, uh, OG and Anobi like got sick. I, I have a feeling or, you know, that Chris Paul, if he tests, it's a, if it's an actual positive test, 
he's got to probably be like super asymptomatic. And I think the NBA will probably do a good job in figuring out what that means and how to deal with it because it is, it is, I guess, a little uncharted territory. You know, I know Zach Levine, I think he caught it right after he had gotten vaccinated, but if Chris Paul has been vaccinated for, you know, five months now, um, that's a little bit different. And I think that it's an outlier. And I think that, you know, um, a, a, a positive test for COVID might mean something entirely different now if for someone right. who's been vaccinated. And that's one of the things that's interesting about the situation. And maybe, maybe interesting is not the right word uh, as much as perhaps frustrating would be the right word. And that's, there really isn't any knowledge or understanding it seems out there, at least within the general public of exactly what the protocol is with, when this type of situation. Um, and, you brought up the point of whether he's asymptomatic and that's something that was talked about a lot today on Arizona sports radio. And that is whether he is or not, because the, the, the general feeling is that if he is asymptomatic, it's going to result in a shorter, shorter period of time where he's going to have to be away from the team. So, you know, time will tell. I, I thought it was interesting. They said they won't have the next update at all until Saturday. So we get I think that's good. I, by the way, I think that's good. I think that's really good news. Cause I, uh, uh even that they're even saying that they're going to have an update, because really, with every other player, and granted this is the playoffs, but with every other player, it's just been like, they're out. Radio season. silence, yeah. Yeah, Jason yeah. Tatum, out. You know, next thing you know, he's cleared, and that's uh, it's it's over. As far as positive tests are concerned, you know, I think when Kevin Durant, uh, for contact tracing, you know, he'd missed a week or something like that. There was a lot more, like, updating, you know, back and forth. Like, oh, well, he's just going to wait until he's going to wait until he's cleared to play, and then he's going to be ready to go. But guys who tested positive usually those were the guys who um, you just didn't hear from you. There was not, there wasn't some sort of update on them. Right. right yeah, exactly. No. Yeah. I mean, what, what I'll find funny is like, cause it's, I think a lot of people became like immunologists in like the middle and the height of it yeah. of like going through of all these different players and like that kind of fell off and for all intents and purposes, I mean, Suns didn't really have to deal with it too much. I think we had two guys who tested positive throughout the season, like Dario and Cam up till now. And like, Oh, and then last year you had uh, uh Baines in the bubble, right? Oh, right. right. Yeah. Yeah. Baines and Rubio had it. Yeah. But that was so early on that like nobody knew anything and like, right. And there were no protocols play. at that point. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. But like, so like, but for this season, like, you know, it was regular season. It's like, okay, yeah, you, you're going to lose players, but now it's like, it's in the playoffs. What does that mean? It's like, you know, with vaccinations now being in place, it's like, okay, how does that change? You know, like what's, does that change the timetable for infection or like for you being contagious and like, like what, like, is it still a 14 day protocol, you know, or is it now it's like a two negative test protocol or what does that mean? Like how long, and just like, and then there's going to be the Zapruder guys who are trying to figure out when and how he caught it. Um. <laughs> yeah. Well, well I, I mean, it's come out already. It's been, everybody's been, uh, so I don't know if you saw this on Twitter at all anywhere, Nate, but after the Suns finished out the series on Sunday. Oh, it wasn't that. I guarantee you. It wasn't uh, oh, no, I know. I know. I'm just saying. <laughs> uh, a bunch of fans, uh, I think they reported like 400, 400 fans, or so, fans. Yeah. Went to the airport and greeted the Suns when they got back. And there was video everywhere of like, fans kind of like swarm around the cars, like kind of reaching in. It was actually really intrusive. I thought some of it was odd, super yeah. cool that fans came and showed up. I thought about going there, but I'm, you know, as much as I'm a night owl, I also didn't really feel like driving to the airport at that time, but regardless. Um, 
but people have been saying online on Twitter, they're like, oh, I'm sure he got it there. I'm like, yeah, come on. No, there's also just roll right through really quickly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it seems so strange to even catch COVID now, but, but like even just going back to say, um, uh, the way that the NBA might handle it. It's it's like we saw what they did with LeBron. They bent, bent the rules for LeBron to start the Sun series. They're yeah. undoubtedly going to bend the rules for Chris to do the next series because if he's asymptomatic, it's it's just like, first of all, the M- NBA knows way more than we common people do. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Sure. You know, I found it strange that they didn't, that uh, that the players weren't vaccinated, you know, like right away when, when everybody was being given vaccines, especially if it's like, if it's entertainment for all of us and everything like that, I was like, Mm -hmm. so vaccinate the players. Like, I don't, I don't care. I'll, I'll wait. Like, you know, the players should get vaccinated, but I, I assume that the NBA has their finger on the pulse of how it actually works, how the vaccines even work. If Chris Paul could, is contagious with it, you know, because from what I heard about the vaccine is you, you can't, uh, shed COVID if you've had the vaccine, but yeah, I guess you also can't catch COVID. I, I don't know. I, I don't, yeah. I don't know enough. And I trust the NBA to know enough and I trust the NBA to bend the rules enough to make Chris Paul play. Well, and you think about it too. I mean, obviously the NBA is okay with the fact that the Suns, the last two home games, three home games have had 16,000 people in the yeah, arena. You wanna, first of all, you want to talk about how he caught it. Like, <laughs> like he's with sixteen thousand people in an in enclosed, enclosed place. area. <laughs> like, like, what did we learn about COVID? Literally, like that's like the, like if anyone's gonna catch COVID, that's the place to go. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I, I feel like I, nobody's pointed to the obvious with. <laughs> Yeah, like, oh, yeah, 400 fans rushed him outside. No, he was in a room with 16,000 people (laughs) screaming. (laughs) Banning the flames, folks, where you come for scientific breakdown and analysis. I'm a a, a two-time Grammy winner and and um, I was going to say Nobel Prize, but I don't think that's what they give scientists. No, they do. It's Nobel Prizes. Oh, is it? Okay, cool. And (laughs) Pulitzer Prize winning journalists. There's the Peace Prize. There's like the Science Prize. Yeah, there's all kinds. Oh, yeah. Nobel Science Prize and uh, Pulitzer Prize for my journalism on on Barack Obama and the bubble. Well, if we can break that down, we can also go break down the Suns in 4 video. Like, oh, my. (laughs) Oh, you're familiar with that. Yeah, Nate. not enough. I only saw the, um, I actually had a friend send me like something about a toy. I think there was a toy made yes. of it. <laughs> yes. Justin, did you see the toy? I have not seen the toy. Yes. They straight up, like somebody made a action figure in the cardboard sleeve and like the sleeves got the picture of the guy doing this and it's the action figure of like a dude, like basically in like the Nash jersey with his hand across with like the four fingers up. It's, it's hilarious. That's outstanding. It's I'll have amazing. to find that. I'll have it's to find that. Pretty amazing. But, um, but I didn't, I, I'm not into like those type of videos. Um, oh, n- normally people, I'm not either, but that one was. Yeah. Hilarious. But that, I, but I, so I didn't even, I only heard, I didn't hear the audio. I only saw the video and, uh, but I heard, I'd read the audio. Yeah. It, it is it is it is definitely interesting it is it was an interesting in, incident but that that much we can say but yeah. anyway let's so okay chris paul he has covid now i guess we've kind of gone over what we think it means i think we've come to the consensus that 
it means what it means, and we'll find out what the NBA does about it. But I think we don't think he's going to miss a lot of time. The the general feeling that is kind of out there, it seems like we're sharing that if he misses time, it's going to be minimal. So let's assume that we're going to have Chris Paul for most or all of the you know Western Conference Finals. And obviously, we still have the series going on. In fact, games going on as we record halfway through the third quarter. Clippers are up five over the Jazz. And there's been a lot of chatter out there about, okay, what about matchups? Now, I'm one of those guys that always says, I don't care. Play who we play. I think the Suns are good enough to beat anybody, so bring it. But matchup-wise, I know there are opinions that people have whether the Suns would match up better against the Clips or Utah. And I'm interested to know what you guys have to say. Uh, Nate, what do you think? I, I, does one, do one of those teams, if you're sitting there as a Suns fan on the Phoenix Suns, does one of those teams give you more trepidation than the other in the Western Conference Finals? Is Kawhi playing? No, he's Kawhi out indefinitely. Is, let's say not, out Kawhi indefinitely. Is not uh, yeah, I think it's ACL. Then absolutely, like the Clippers. I, I, I mean, I don't know why they're up on the Jazz, but the Jazz are just like a streaky team. Uh, this is this this will harken back to the the CP3 thing, and it's something that um, weirdly, um, Justin. Again, I'm going to give you credit for because you you did have this weird optimism for the team. And um, me just having a couple fantasy guys and being from Phoenix, I, I spent a lot of time watching the Suns games. And so I watched just the turnaround of this team. I watched a, every OKC game last year, and it was Chris – they were winning because Chris Paul is a confident guy who um, who knows when to turn it on and when to win a game. Um, and I always kind of thought Book was a little bit of a hack, and that was one of the reasons why I didn't love them is because, uh, you know, um, I think anybody who's not a Suns fan – uh, was just like okay, empty stats like seventy two points or wh- however many he scored like in a losing game like th- to me B- that's B- like, minus Clay Thompson as uh, your uh, brother in law, my, my <laughs> cousin, my cousin, my cousin in law, if you will, my cousin's <laughs> husband referred to uh, book as a no B minus Clay Thompson, yes B minus Clay Thompson, <laughs> which is exactly what I called him when he came into the league, and I, I didn't I didn't watch his game enough. Um, you know, cause I did, I thought he hucked threes more than anything. And, and I didn't realize that the mid range game was so insane. Um, <clears throat> so watching him this year that now that he's got someone holding him accountable and, and that cold, the culture was so bad for the Suns when he was there. And I think that he was now when I watch him and I listen to him, uh, I think he was judged extremely unfairly because you look at the team that was surrounding him. But mainly, I mean, it wasn't even necessarily the players. It was, you know, when they hired the the young tech kid or whatever, McDon- I thought that was the dumbest move ever. I, thought, I always thought the Celtics, and I continue to think that the Celtics are a horrible organization who just, like, happened to have gotten lucky with, like, getting Garnett and, uh, and Ray Allen and Paul Pierce at the same time, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but somehow Danny Ainge has been lauded since then, and, and Brad Stevens, who's a horrible. Well, he's out now. Yeah, he's out now, but he gave the team to like the guy who is also not very good. Um, so, so I, I always just thought that that was silly. But when they got McDonough, is that was it? Was that his name? Yeah, that how you said? yeah, Ryan McDonough. No, I thought I thought he was such a clown, um, like a kid, and they're trying to get that everybody's trying to get the next Presty, but they got this guy from Boston. So I was like, well, Danny Ainge was a horrible GM until he like swung for the fences once and did well. So like, why are they getting? I never understand teams that get a guy who um, off of a team that had just swung for the fences and like somehow made it. Like I wouldn't, I, if, if I were anybody, I wouldn't be poaching any coaches from like the Nets team, for example. You know, you always look at like the Spurs and how, what a great job they do through that. 
I don't know how James Johnson ended up with the Suns team. I thought that it was, I thought it was silly and I thought it was Sarver. Um, but he very blatantly has done an incredible job with this team. He inherited Devin Booker and, um, you know, and if I were James Johnson, I'd probably be like, I'm going to ditch him. I'm going to, um, I'm going to turn him, I'm going to trade him to Minnesota and get some draft picks or do whatever, do what the typical thing is. Um, but he rode with, with Booker. And I think he sees what the other NBA players see, you know, so often we get blinded by, um, statistics. And, and when you, if you read enough stuff online, then all you read is the s- statistics and you don't listen to the players and the players more often than not will be like, yo, you guys say that this player is not very good. Like they're incredible. And so you'd mm-hmm. always hear players being like, well, like book got, got, he, he got snubbed out of the, out of the, um, all-star game or so on and so forth. And I was like, well, what, did he get like snubbed? He like, you know, his plus minus is this and he does this and that. And it's like, the truth of it is the the dude can ball. And the, what we learned this year from Devin Booker was that when Chris Paul is out of the game, and I think that's something that Monty Williams does really well is staggering the two of them mm-hmm. because you have a guy who has confidence and who can run the team when the other one's not playing. And, um, and that's, that's to me has been Booker in a nutshell this year. And that's, what's made him special uh, is his ability to kind of run the team. Sometimes I, I don't think he's entirely there yet. Nobody is Chris Paul, but I do feel like Chris Paul saw that Chris Paul knew and Chris Paul knew that he had a guy that he could go out of the game and you'd put Devin Booker in the game and like he could handle the team with at least an air of what, what Chris Paul is capable of doing. And so is Chris Paul not going to be there? Like, I don't, you're, I'm with you. Like, I don't care who, who plays. Um, if Chris Paul is not there, I, they're so lucky that they have Devin Booker to like for his demeanor, not for his game, but for the way that he runs the team. Yeah. And, and it's been really great just to, I love what you just said about Booker. Like all of that is so great to hear because yeah, he's had this reputation in the league, or excuse me, not in the league, <clears throat> in the general public's eye, if you're not a Phoenix Suns fan, that he was this empty stats guy. Good stats, bad team. And that drove Suns fans nuts. That was the one thing that every Suns fan would die on a hill for, is if you're going to say Devin Booker's a good stats, bad team guy, I'm going to fight you tooth and nail to prove you wrong. And we've seen that development in book. We've seen the playmaking development, the ball handling ability. I mean, the dude has got crazy handles, the efficiency. And, you know, you talk about how he came into the league as, you know, thinking he could just shoot. That's what everybody thought. Yeah. Um, I mean, he was the fourth guy from Kentucky taken in that draft. Fourth guy from his college. He's the best one of all of them. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Like, well, so, undoubtedly. Yeah. Yeah. He's been just a, a huge piece of this and it's been great to see him develop and, the thing about him too, and why seeing all of this, I'm so happy for the whole organization. So happy for all the fans that have been suffering through this, but so happy for book, man. I mean, he went through shit the first four or five years of his career. They, he had, was it four coaches in the first five years, Paul? Yeah. Is that right? I think it was five coaches in four years. Yeah. But five I mean, four? what, what made me just like a psychopath about the Suns during that era was like, Oh, we might have a point guard. We have Eric Bledsoe. Let's draft like 16 other point guards and sign another point guard additionally. Like the <laughs> the the Drogic and like um, Bledsoe backcourt, but and then Isaiah getting Thomas. like, yeah, and Isaiah Thomas and Tyler Ulis or whatever. I don't even know how to. Like, <laughs> and Tyler Ennis. <laughs> yeah. And so, yeah, t- t- I mean like, and what, Mike, Mike James, like, 
And it's like, you got all, like, it's a team of literally nine point guards and they all went to Kentucky. Oh, Brandon Knight too. Brandon like, Knight. <laughs> and they all went to Kentucky. And then it was like, oh, but you guys are missing a power forward. So what do they do? They trade all the point guards and they draft two fucking power Chris and they draft, they draft Bender and they fucking sign Tyson Chandler. And they, and I'm just like, you know, there's a balance. Like you don't need all point guards and then all power forwards. I thought it was the most maddening fucking thing that I'd ever seen as a fan of basketball. And I, I mean, you got to give James Jones credit because he, it's like, don't get these fucking nerd little kid, like stat guys, especially not ones from fucking Boston. Um, uh, <laughs> get, like, get the player who is, who is going to say, I'm not going to trade uh, Devin Booker for picks. I'm going to fucking pick up Chris Paul and, and do that. And, you know, and I think Aiton has been um, unfairly, you know, he's, he's judged by where he was drafted and not by mm-hmm. how he plays. Because um, mm-hmm. if, if, if he were a top five pick, and not the number one pick. I think everybody would be talking about just what a solid, good center he is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and I think they, and, they, they finally are. Like I, he's really and, come yeah. out during the playoffs, yeah. and like he's shown out and whatnot. I mean, it, it, I think I would laugh hysterically if the final finals are the Suns versus the Hawks, just because of like both Trey Young and Aiden have been so maligned because they're not Luca, and they're the ones who make the finals first. I just laugh hysterically. I mean, who knows? Who knows? I mean, you know, the Haw- the Hawks beat the Sixers tonight, and you know, but I mean, the thing. For, wait, wait, the, the thing Hawks me, won again. Yeah. Yep. Is this? Oh, this. So it's three two. Yeah, the Hawks are my yeah, team. Um, but I yeah. had date night tonight, so I didn't get to see my John Collins win. <laughs> they yeah. it was a, and it was another frenetic comeback. Well, they were down. Yeah, they're down twenty six. They're down twenty six at one point, and they won by three. God, F- F- Daryl Morey. Like, <laughs> like hey, anyway hey, yeah. you know that uh, you, you can't I, I can't i can't i can't hate on daryl Morey because but for but for his trade savviness we wouldn't have mikhail bridges well uh, no but he daryl Morey didn't trade him he didn't trade him no it was it was elton. oh shit that's right my bad that's there was the it was elton brand brand was it, or was it brian colangelo still was that still yeah, brian it was probably brian colangelo <laughs> <laughs> Hooking them up one last time. Before the text message, before the, uh, yeah, the, before, the Twitter, oh, uh, right. the tw- Twitter, like burner account scandal. Dude, imagine if you guys, <laughs> that would be so rad if you guys were do, like doing the blog and you like wrote an article and then you had Brian Colangelo, like, def- or you had James, James Jones defending James Jones, like, or Sarver, like being like Sarver fan, like 24. Like, I think he does an amazing job on the sidelines with the big foam finger. <laughs> how'd you know my, how'd you know my burner account? Yeah. Sarver fan 24. <laughs> I got to change it. Sarver, 20, Sarver fan 25. It is. <laughs> yeah. But I guess, I mean, you know, I, yeah, I'm surprised that Elton brand, but I, yeah, I, I think that that Philly team is way overrated. And um, yeah, I mean, it doesn't it doesn't help that Embiid's playing on a torn meniscus. I'm surprised he is, but yeah, that's super shocking. Especially like I had I Jaron Jackson Jr. was like my prized possession for fantasy this year, and he missed basically the whole entire mm-hmm. year and uh, with a torn meniscus. And, and Joel Embiid, who like by all means is like a walking red flag, is like playing with yeah. a torn meniscus. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like there are a lot of guys right now playing through injury. I mean, you've got Harden and Kyrie, 
well, Kyrie's not playing, but Harden playing through it yesterday. And what he he played like forty something minutes too, right? Harden. It was a lot. Yeah, that's, only a, D, five that's a D'Antoni trait, though. That's a that's a D'Antoni <laughs> gift. I, I will yep. never talk bad about Mike. Uh, hey, he's yeah. yeah he's and got Donovan Mitchell job, playing on right? a bum wheel. What's that? Dan Tony's interviewing for the Portland job, right? Yeah, that that won't go well. <laughs> Putting Dan Tony on that uh, in charge of that roster sounds like uh, it would be it would be uh, well entertaining for the scoring column at least. But like, weren't they already they, there? Was that was the kind of knock on on um, Stotts was that like the teams like couldn't adjust defensively, so then they put Dan <laughs> Tony in there. I think he's an amazing, um, incredible coach, and obviously it's from my son's days and. Um, I, I don't know how you guys, I, we can just go off subject for a second, but I don't know how you guys felt. We, when, we don't have subjects. So. <laughs> that's fine. So when Kurt, when Kurt took over, I just thought it was the funniest thing of all time because I thought he was a terrible GM. Oh, Kerr? Yeah. Uh, it, was, it, was, it, was, it was an interesting time. I mean, it was, you know, he was he didn't know what he was doing yet. And I think he got, he was put in, he was put in that position. And I think a lot of fans looked at it to an extent of, he was basically there to do Sarver's bidding. And he was like, he was, he was Sarver's beard in a way. Well, yeah, but also, but the, but the other crazy thing about that was then he goes to golden state and runs a high tempo offense. But the, yeah. fire, the first thing he does is fires Mike D'Antoni and gets Shaq. And is like, we're going to go back to the basics. I just thought that that was kind of like a weird, yeah. in general, that to me was a very weird, move was to like abandon it right away but then use it to like ride it to glory which i i, I don't doubt that he's a pretty great coach just based yeah. on the well golden state fans have turned on him it's kind of funny I've, I've got i've got a little segment of my uh twitter feed that's some golden state folks and they don't like Kerr anymore it's kind of funny really yeah Man, that's that's I mean, the guy's only a few years from a title. Come on, folks, right? Well, I was like, did you see a the, title? Uh, try <laughs> from, sure, try sure, like sure. maybe the best team yeah. of all time. Yeah. yeah. Did you did you see there was a, something that went around Twitter today that had like the uh the most hated NBA players per state? Uh I interestingly, Arizona's was the only one that was Paul George, which sure, I I really don't like Paul George, but I don't know that I would consider him my most hated. I'm indifferent NBA on Paul George. Yeah, <laughs> but, I mean, but, who cares about no one cares about Paul George anymore? I don't even think people cared as much about Paul George as like I always found when he got his own signature shoe, shoe from Nike, I was like, wait, this why? guy, like <laughs> this guy out of every player in the NBA, he's an easy target, which is too bad because he's a good basketball player. Yeah. I, the, the thing I don't like about Paul George is he just seems like he he puts he, his own foot he, in his mouth. He's got the he he has very much like the fake tough guy uh thing going for him in my in my humble opinion. Uh and that's something that I I, I don't really find appealing with NBA players. The the Morai, the Morris brothers I feel like have that too. I mean, oh, unless God, you're like a 60-year-old man, they're not going to be assaulting you. They're just going to act really tough or cheap shot you on the court. Yeah, that's they def, they went at that 60-year-old man though. Hey, thanks. <laughs> don't mess with their mama. Yeah, exactly. that's true. That's exactly. true. I mean, those Morris, but it, it, it's he's a, yeah. I I just don't think that I like. He just wouldn't scare me like that's I I'm I'm welcoming the Clipper like the Clippers verse. I can't believe that Utah isn't just wiping the floor with them, and mm-hmm. and so maybe that's even like a 
I, it's just like no, I, I I would take the Clippers uh, out of the two to the two matchups because even with the Clippers with Kawhi and and I think um, Justin, when you and I were talking even a few weeks ago uh, with the Lakers series, I was like, oh man, I'd worry if the Suns had to face the Clippers, but. In the playoffs, I just don't think I've seen what would make them scary to the Suns, whereas like the Suns have continued to, and I guess I'll knock on wood over here, um, <laughs> the Suns have continued to just somehow just get – they're snowballing into just like a powerhouse right now. Right, um, right. And and a well-rounded team. I mean, they they really are just like a – they're so, so much fun to watch, not because they shoot the most threes and they do this and that. It's because they're – They're a three-level team. Yeah, they are. They And they, they – they play defense, but no one's being like, oh man, look at these like guys just like playing crazy defense. And they're, they shoot threes because they have, you know, they have that stretch four, but no one's like, oh, look at this up-tempo team. And then they have two guys and a center. They have two guys who make their like business shooting mid-range jumpers, which like you don't, you don't see. So, so they are honestly like they're, they're, they're a very special team. And, uh, you know, I, I kind of feel bad getting on here and talking because I, I don't want to jinx what they have. And it's not, it's not from being from Phoenix. Like I'm going to cheer for the Suns because I'm a Chris Paul guy. Uh, I'm a Mikel Bridges guy. Uh, and I just think that this is the way that a team should, this is what I want a team to look like if I were building a yeah. team. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's that's the thing. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, but not because I'm from Phoenix. Like I'm not going to jump on the band bandwagon after having left them and stuff like that. I'm not going to come back and be like, man, I've been a Suns fan. I've been a Suns fan all along and stuff like that. Like that's not me, but I, I can say as someone who grew up in Phoenix, um, that this is, this is just like, this is such a special team. Uh, you know, the Nash teams were special because they could just get up the floor and, you know, they predated golden state, the Barkley teams, you know, they, they, they have the same kind of specialness that I think that this Suns team has. Um, but, they had Charles Barkley. They had, I feel like they the spotlight was more on them. The Suns team is just like flies under the radar uh, and is just a great basketball team. Yeah. And, and I think what you just said sums it up perfectly. It's a, they're a great basketball team. I mean, they're, they're built to play playoff basketball. And that was the one thing everyone was talking about going into the playoffs. Oh, well, they don't have any experience, blah, blah, they blah. They don't have an the playoffs, extra year. You know? Yeah, it's like the Suns played playoff basketball all year. They played at a pace that was slower than other teams. They played good defense, and that's what happens in the playoffs. And you know, I, I'm 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 a guy that I'm I'm never shy about voicing my criticisms of the referees. Um, <laughs> and during these playoffs, like like happens every year, the referees are letting them go, and it's kind of interesting. Being a guy on the side of a table for once going, yeah, these refs are doing a pretty good job while the other team's fans are complaining about everything. Yeah. And I'm saying that have, being somebody who was at game one of, against the Lakers when the Suns didn't shoot a free throw until yeah. after the Lakers had already shot 21. And I'm saying the refs are doing a pretty good job. But yeah, this team is 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 built for it. It, it truly, truly is. And it's, and it's great to see. And you, know, you mentioned earlier some of those earlier teams when you were more in tune with the Suns and how – there was kind of that community kind of feeling, man. It's, it's back here in Phoenix. You go around oh, yeah, people so much sun stuff everywhere. Um, you know, the, the vibe in the arena is, is, is great. Um, <laughs> notwithstanding all the circumstances and everything. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, 
catching the valley for sure out here, man. It's pretty wild. Yeah, that's cool. I mean, I don't like the whole bandwagon aspect of it all. Like that. That's uh, sports, though. I know that, and that's just like that's always been kind of my thing. That's why I like jump ship from the Suns, even though they were still like always a championship contender during those Steve Nash years. And then I sat through the fucking Barniani years of of Toronto Raptors, and I just I enjoy when they've got nothing to play for is that uh, an old punk rock attitude of like once my the band that i like becomes popular i can't yeah, like yeah no absolutely it's, that's it for like 100 percent. and i'm probably the oh only my, one should, paul fantastic yeah. fantastic analogy <laughs> yeah and i'm the only uh, the guy who's done that with my own career i was just like you yeah, know, like, but yeah, that's these, like, these that's, suck. that's just who I am. Like, I, I just always grew up like, I guess, as a kid, like as an underdog, if I like, if you know, if I was meeting with my psychologist, you know, these would be the things I'd, I'd talk about. But, um, but so I, I like, yeah, I'm happy that the Suns fans are kind of back. And I, I always find it interesting that, you know, I, I still have always viewed the Suns as one of the most winning organizations. So I, I find it weird if a, a team has what is it 10 bad years has it been yeah. 10, 10 lean years like that's not enough that's not enough to like i think i was watching the telecast the other day and they were like the you know the basement dwellers is like no this is a team that like made the playoffs for like 20 straight years like never feel bad for the jazz never feel bad for the suns never feel bad for the spurs and kind of never feel bad for the lakers like you know they're always somehow going to be there in the western conference like we don't the suns have never won a championship let's feel bad about that but let's not feel bad. Like the, the fans never should have left. Yeah. I agree. Oh wait, I but agree. I, I mean, you're, but I, left. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, the, the, I, I understand that not liking the bandwagon, but you know, there's always room nonetheless. Uh, but I agree. Yeah. The fans shouldn't have left. And obviously you're, you're talking to two guys who <laughs> did a podcast. I mean, I, I've gone. I've gone back through notes, and I, I the glowing things that I said and wrote about folks like Josh Jackson and Dragon Bender. Uh, you know, to your point, Nate, about me just kind of you know Mike the, James. The eternal optimist. <laughs> Mike, Mike James. I don't know that ever. I don't ever say anything that great about Mike James. I mean, he was a very short tenure. Isaiah he had Cannon. that one one great priest. <laughs> <You can't. laughs> I, uh, I, I thought Josh Jackson was cool. I thought that that uh, like I don't I didn't know enough about the draft. I don't follow college sports. I used draft the draft used to be like my favorite thing of all time ever. Yeah. Uh, judging by the fact that I called in when I was like 12 years old to the radio station to talk about why Steve Nash was a great pick, you know? Um, so I used to love it, but in the last few years, I've thought the college, in the last like maybe like five, 10 years, I've just thought college sports were so bad in general that I was no longer going to follow the players. So I always waited until after the draft to kind of assess things, maybe after like the first week or two. Um, and so, uh, I, yeah, I, I didn't, I didn't know what the Suns were doing when they drafted Josh Jackson. I just figured that they drafted like a really great player and, he's just not, he's like kind of, he's like a good energy player. Yeah. He's, 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 he's something. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I was a big Josh Jackson proponent, um, admittedly. Um, you know, I'm just going to leave it at that. We don't even talk about Josh. I Jackson think he turns it, by the way, by the way, uh, this is, this is my hottest take of the day. I think he turns it around eventually in the next few years. He was starting to in, in uh, Detroit this year. Mm-hmm. He, had, yeah. he had an okay year. Yeah, no, he did. Yeah. He had an okay year. He's turning it around. I just, I just think that there's like, I just think that there's a weird, like, uh, special, like he's going to have like a really good season and he's going to get paid. And I hope he does. 
We'll see it. I, I, I like to see again, hot takes on fanning the flames. I'm not, I'm not the only one that can come in here with them. I love it. I absolutely love <laughs> it. Um, Paul. So what do you, I mean, we, we started this all started with who do we like matchup wise? And we got, <laughs> we got over, this is standard par for the course fanning the flames. We, we love it. Um, you care about matchups, Paul? Do you care who they play next round? Not really. And I think the one thing I did want to mention is just, I think going back to even before we knew what we know now about kind of the possible timetables for Chris Paul's return and whatnot, I think both of like we've got Nate, we, me and Justin have a group chat with a couple of the other guys who also have their own podcasts, but we've kind of become a little, a little crew of our own. And one of our, one of the guys was ready to like jump off a cliff when he heard the news that uh, Paul had COVID and like Justin and I are both like, no, we're good. We're fine. We can write it out. You know, can't, can't campaign can, uh, can take this, take the slack for a little bit. You know, we've got a deep team and that that's really the point I was just wanting to get to is we have a, we have mm-hmm. probably have the deepest team of all the teams left that we can survive a temporary setback of losing one of our most important players for a period of time. I mean, mm-hmm. You know, the Clippers, they're losing Kawhi, who is by far their best player. And he's out for the rest. He's out. As far as I can tell, he's out for the rest of the playoffs. So, like, that's, you know, you really can't come back from that. We've kind of lucked into, knock on wood, the injuries and setbacks that we've had. Like, the uh, Chris Paul's shoulder stinger was less than, like, less less severe yeah, than, like, severe. people were. I thought it was going to be, I mean, after that first game back, I, I was like, well, Suns are fucked. Yeah. Like, that. Yeah. That, yeah, that was you know, that was terrifying. <laughs> but if you think about it, like that's just a lesson for them. This the the players are learning how to play through it. I I think that this uh I think whoever they play, um it, it depends on if the Jazz get hot because it's it's hard for anyone to beat them if they get hot, but um but it's asking a lot when when they're playing just good teams, you know. I right. Think mm-hmm. It's harder and harder for them to get hot. So um the Suns play the Jazz well, and they have all all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did they I've, win three zero. Yeah, yeah the Suns the Suns swept the Jazz this year. They did. Yep. Yeah, so I think I think that I think that they'll do well. They would do well in the absence of Chris Paul um, against them. But I mean, yeah, I don't know if I don't know if it'd be the bench that I would necessarily construct. But but I think that Monty Williams does an amazing job um, with that unit and them knowing what they they do and do well. And I think that um, you know the guy who's surprised me the most for sure is Campaign uh just because i think he hucks it too many times i wish he would pass it more but uh but he just brings such a great level of aggression um Mm -hmm. he's like the he's like your dream as a backup point guard and you know i and i wonder i often wonder like are they grooming him um but i just i think that maybe he's just a little too erratic and that's a good thing for that maybe that bench squad and who's got one who's got a booker uh, you know, there to kind of keep it, keep things calm. I think, I think Paul and Booker just have such a nice calming presence. And, and I have to say like, so does Mikel Bridges. And so, and so does Aiden, like in a, in a different way, you know, and that, that's another thing that I, I just don't think that they get enough credit for is those are three of those guys are under 25 and, and yeah. they, um, their, their demeanor is really special, like really, really special, very, very, very calm. Um, and, and they, they, and I think Monty Williams obviously is a tremendous coach. So, uh, I think he, he, he knows how to like use that as a strength for them when they're on the court together. 
Yeah, Monty's absolutely fantastic. He's the perfect guy for this group. And I think you bring up a great point about the demeanor of those young guys and how they carry themselves. I mean, DeAndre Ayton, he gets he gets shit on a lot locally because of his lack of aggression. He doesn't dunk enough. That's like a huge talking point. He's too jovial. Yeah. And but then you, you hear him in interviews and he is. That's just how he is. He's a happy go lucky kind of guy. But when he starts talking about playing the game, he knows what he's supposed to do. And he talked about how he cares more about his defense this season than his offense. And it's because he knows who he has around him. Yeah. And you have a kid who's a number one draft pick who's sitting there going, I'm going to do my job defensively because that's what I'm asked for. I mean, in this day and age with the egos that athletes can develop and can have, I mean, that's, that's phenomenal. And I think that's yeah. an excellent point, you know? And I think that in a, in, in a different situation, maybe with a different coach, not having Chris Paul on the team and, and Devin Booker continuing to have been beaten down by losing. Igor. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, poor Eagle. I feel bad for him. I feel so bad for him. Yeah. Um, but I, I, but I just think that like, like Aiden, yeah, maybe he would start, you know, trying to be like the bigger, uh, Chris Bosch. Like I always saw him as kind of a bigger Chris Bosch who like kind of would shoot a weird mid range jumper all the time. Um, but I think he's grown into, yeah, being the fourth option, um, third, third or fourth option, big guy, like, and just super, super, super reliable. And he's what, 23 years old, 22, 23 years old. Yeah. Like, yep. That's what he should be right now. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. if he's getting the, if he's getting the confidence from the, the Chris Paul's and the Devin Booker's, uh, you know, and those guys really like believe in him, but I think they want to see him work the same way that they work. And so like, you know, you're, you're talking about like, yeah, maybe this is the best Devin Booker will ever be because you, it is hard, hard to see what his upside is other than being more of a Chris Paul, like type of calming presence who can like take over a game. But like Aiden, he's just there to help them out right now. And he's learning on his way. Like you don't, he's could be scratching the surface of something and maybe he doesn't even need to, you know, but like, but he, by all accounts, I think he seems like an awesome guy. Um, I had him for one day on my fantasy team and traded him, not because I didn't love him. I traded for him because I loved him, but I was able to swing it for a better player after that. And so, and that better player was, uh, was it Mikael Bridges? It might've been Bridges. <laughs> got to do what you got to do to, to, to win those fantasy championships. Yeah, if you win the championship, you, uh, you should try to find the video of Aiton as, uh, when they're playing landed. Cause he's, pulling out in, in his apparently in his Rolls Royce and um, they pulled that he uh, opened up the sunroof and he stood up outside the sunroof and was like cheering on all the fans. Like he was, it, it was a really good sight to see. And like, you, you really see that personality that we were talking about and just kind of his enjoyment of that, of that moment. Cause I don't think any of those guys had had moment have had moments like that before. Yeah. And, and for him too, it's like, he has had the pressure of being the number one pick and, Mm -hmm. and, um, and having the Phoenix fans or whoever, I mean, pretty much everybody just kind of shit on him because that's what happens to a number one pick who just doesn't turn into like the greatest player ever. Um, and you know, now he, he gets to win. Like you, what, like, I, I, I find it strange if anyone criticizes him now for anything anyways, because he's trying to do what he's being asked to do and he's being asked to do the right thing. And for the most part, he does the right thing. And, um, and they're so lucky to have the, and he's a big, he's a big boy. Like he is just a big, 
dude, he, whether his height is the same as someone else who looks relatively smaller, like he looks like a big guy. He knows how to use the space. And I think, he, I, I, I think he's special. Like he's, he's, I think he's a treat. Like I enjoy him even more than like, uh, you know, I'm not a big book guy, but I've, I've come around to seeing what makes him like truly special. Um, but like Aiden, I'm like really like kind of rooting for to like, to kind of shut everybody up. Yeah, and Aiden is one of those guys too, where again, to the point of what he's being asked to do on this team, we know the offensive abilities there. And we saw it in the first, the first few games of the Lakers series when he went crazy, um, you know, averaging like what, 25 points or so. Right. And shooting like 80% from the field, because that's what the game plan called for based on what the, the Lakers were doing defensively. So at the end of the day, you sit there and you're like, a lot of the criticism he's gotten this year has been from some of the fall off on, on the offensive side, but so you've got Chris Paul, you've got Devin Booker, you've got Mikhail Bridges, you have Jay Crowder, you have a lot of capable scorers in that starting lineup with him. And then you have capable scorers coming off the bench. The guy doesn't need a score and can focus on defense and be the defensive anchor of a winning team. What, what are you complaining about? People? Oh, for sure. He's doing what they ask him to do. It's that's what like, that's what I think has really like really made him special to me is he's straight up just doing what they ask him to do mm-hmm. uh, and not complaining about it. Like he's exactly. the number one pick, like he's getting shit on by people. And you know, that would affect me for sure. I'd be like, yeah, give me the ball more, do this or that. But like, I think he sees that this is an opportunity to grow. And, and um, he, like he's, you, you would, you would think he'd be a weakness on this team and he's actually a strength. You know, and the way, the way that everybody talks about the NBA nowadays and the way that they talk about big guys and so on and so mm-hmm. forth, he seems to fill the role just perfectly without being dominant. And Absolutely. like, and you know, like, would you want Joel Embiid? Yes. But on the flip side, then Joel might be demanding the ball more and doing this and doing that. Like and getting that injured. might not fit towards the way that the Suns are winning. So, um, so I think Aiden, yeah, I think he, he is, uh, I mean, Bridges is, I haven't talked about Bridges for a second and I won't because I just think he's the greatest thing ever. He's He's so much fun, man. Yeah. He's my second or third favorite Phoenix son of all time. Maybe fourth because, because of Wesley person, but, um, but uh, Wesley person. Now what a pull. Yeah. I I go, I I got a Wesley person Jersey in my closet. (laughs) I had, I had one growing up. Like that was what I wore in middle school was a Wesley person Jersey. Um, I go like, I think my, all right. Top, top four sons. Um, Joe Johnson, Boris Jow, Mikhail Bridges, Wesley Person. That is that is an interesting top four. <laughs> that is that, a very punk that, rock top four. That goes that goes right along with the underdog thing. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I, I I really I do really like that top four. Especially, I mean, Joe Johnson was a son for how many years? Like two, two three. Yeah, two maybe three. Two. But God, that, yeah, taught, we we don't very you know, memorable. We don't yeah, we don't need to get into the nope. sad times. Joe's the greatest. Yeah, like that yeah no, Wait, he, I think he, you would like awesome. summer league. I really think you would. Dude, well, as far you, as what? Just, you, I want. Just, I watch summer league. No, no you go. You got to go and experience. Oh yeah, it. I'm not going to Las Vegas. It's That's different, it. dude. You just hang out in the gym all day. <laughs> Wait, so who are you guys' top four sons of all time? I'm just going to go off topic before I got to go. All right, no, I, I like this. I, I, <laughs> go, and, Justin. And I, 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 was, I was flipping around like that to try to stall because I was thinking, I'm like, I want, I, I'm going to go through mine. All right, I'll just go right here. Let's go. I'm going to go Steve Nash. I'm going to go. 
I'm going to go book. I love book. I love book. I really do. That's so weird. I'm going to go Tom Chambers. Torture Chambers. And I'm going to go... I'm going to go Dan Marley. Okay. That's going to be my four. That's okay. going to be my four. Not, I, near, not nearly as underdoggy. But no, a good representative sample of my of of the of the successful years of the sons over my life yeah no that's pretty that's pretty good like yeah torture chambers was always good because that was kind of like my earliest memory of basketball was tom chambers and xavier mcdaniel uh and like yeah Tim the x man I, I i was at tom chambers's game when he scored 60 points against the sonics and fuck they replayed yes. it they replayed it on fox sports or whatever the fuck they call it now bally sports uh, like a couple months ago, so I watched it. And I'm I spotted myself in the crowd. I'm like, that is wild. That's that is amazing. Wild. <laughs> That's truly amazing. All right, Paul, what you got? Um, yeah. So yeah, I mean, I gotta go book as well. Um, you know, I think just watching him grow up over the last five years. Because I think we started this like right about when he was uh, drafted onto the team, second year. Oh, yeah. So we kind of, you know, we we we're riding and dying with him. Um, Marion, I love Sean Marion. Oh, the man. I love the Matrix. Um, he's like just his all around game and just kind of what he could do in the air. Just I love that. Um, Dragic, big fan of Dragic. Always like Dragic. Weird, but cool. Um, very weird, but cool. <laughs> and, um, you know, to throw it back a little bit, I, I moved to Phoenix just after the 92 93 team. So it was like the, those next years, but. I always had a nice soft spot for Elliot Sox Perry. Oh, I love, I love Sox. <laughs> I was always a Richard Dumas guy. Oh, man, that guy, if only. I know. He's like such a big what if, just not even for the, just the Suns in general, but like the NBA. Yeah. That guy had so much talent. And yep. Think about all the issues he went through even before he got to the NBA to get his chance succeed and do a really good job on that on the on those on those sons teams and then get right back into it. it's unfortunate but wait gosh, who like, are your top three all right let's go wait, last thing i've got I, before i'm gonna no, leave after this because i have to go <laughs> top three sons coaches I'll, I'll go last three sons coaches top three sons coaches okay paul you're gonna go first then starting at uh, number three starting at number three um paul westfall sick uh, um not Lindsay Hunter. <laughs> Wait, not uh, not Earl Watson. Terry Terry Porter. Terry Porter. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot Terry Porter. <laughs> Made a half a season. Um, Terry but Porter. I did. I did. I do love Al, Alvin Gentry. I mean, I don't think he got enough credit. Um, yes, man. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, he, and. You know, similar to Monty, he's the nicest guy in the world. I he actually I was a waiter at one point while he was coach, and he came into my restaurant and he was just the nicest guy. What restaurant? Um, it was a it's a Mexican restaurant um, that doesn't exist anymore. Like the building's literally torn down. Um, up in North Scottsdale, it's called Cantina Laredo. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, I, I'm familiar. <laughs> yeah, you were a waiter there. I was, yeah. You when I went back to school, for like 20 years, I've been on the first, this is my first episode and I found that out. <laughs> yeah, this, this is like, you know, those things where it's like, you think you can't learn something new about somebody. Boom. Here we are. Here well, we when are. I went back to, when I went back, when I went to ASU, I, I was waiting tables and that's where I was waiting tables at. Yeah. I, oh, you're back to that. No. Okay. Continue your story. <laughs> who's oh, your, number, who's your number one, Paul? Who's my number one? Yeah. 
And it's gotta be D'Antoni. Sick. Oh man, this that, that is so tough. I, I mean, I mean, after this year, Monty Williams might shoot to that top real quick. Yeah, no, for <laughs> sure, for sure. I I feel that. I gotta say. I got to start with Cotton Fitzsimmons, man. You can't not have him as on your the number list, three. Right? Yeah, okay. yeah. Um, I'll go. I'll go from there. I'm going to go. I'll go Westfall, and I'm going to go D'Antoni. I mean, I feel like we got to go kind of the 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 success levels, yeah. right? No, that kind of covers that's, them. That's really great. I, I'm going to go with number three. I'm going to go Monty Williams. Mm-hmm. Number two, I'm going to go with D'Antoni. Mm-hmm. And number one, I'm going to go with Cotton because, like, Cotton's the fucking man. Cotton's the man. And rest in peace, Paul Westfall, also yeah. the man. Um, uh, I just remembered, you know, when I was young, so I didn't know a lot about basketball, but I remember when older cousins, like, turned on him, you know, two years after, like, the finals, you know, and we're just like, they hated Paul Westfall more than anything. So I think that I was kind of soiled by, by that. But he was such a great coach. I mean, he yeah. kind of just took what Cotton Fitzsimmons did. The Suns have always been – an up-tempo team, you know, and that's why when Steve Kerr came in, even though I was out of the team, I just found it weird that like this guy was suddenly trying to like change the guy who, I don't even think he did Steve Kerr even ever play for the Suns. No, no. Yeah. So no. I just found it very strange that he like came in and tried to change. It was the U of A connection. Cause yeah. Yeah, cause, yeah. No, I knew the U of A thing, but I just found it strange that a guy would just come in and try and change like the whole culture of the franchise. And, and you know what guys like it set them back. Um, that's mm-hmm. what, yeah. that's why this whole thing had like rehappened. And granted, you know, I don't think that I wouldn't consider this son's team, a run and gun team. No, no think, not at uh, all. Not at all. Yep. They're one of the think, slowest teams yeah, in the league currently, which is hilarious they're, that they're yeah. faster than the seven seconds or less team. It, yeah. Right. That's wild. If you go back and compare stats back then to now and think about how that was revolutionary and how, fast they played and realized they really didn't play that fast. It's pretty crazy. But the Suns team right now, yeah, they're not run gun. They don't play, they don't play fast pace wise, but they're, it's like one of those, you're not fast, but you're quick. You know, they get into their yeah. half court set and they're running stuff quickly. You know, yeah, there's yeah, a lot of movement. They're, they're, a, they're honestly a joy. They're, they're, they're such a, a joy to watch. Um, and I've been saying, I definitely been saying that since early on in the season, I, they were must watch basketball for me. Um, you know, kind of the team that I, I feel like maybe my top team to watch this year. I like watching that Thunder team full of like weird, mm-hmm. like kids. <laughs> until they shut everything down. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, no, no, because then that's when Pokashevsky started to play. Oh, you're a Poku guy? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think um, he there, sucks. There's a, but there's I a think... Poku hive out there. I, I'm not sure. I kind of see it, but it, it, it's. It's like, okay, there's this Poku hive. Why wasn't there a Bender hive that was outside of Phoenix? Well, Bender <laughs> fucking, to be fair, Bender really just sucked. Uh, ben, yeah, Bender, <laughs> I think you have to actually play to, to develop hives outside of your own city. And Bender I thought, No, no, there was, a, there was a Poku hive before he put a, had a minute on the floor. That's true, okay. for sure. Yeah, but that's because he I mean, threw like, like sick passes. But, yeah, but I just feel like, you know, like – no one cares about a big guy who can shoot anymore. Like that's not cool. Like what's right. cool is a big guy who can like throw behind the back passes and like cross you up. Right. Yeah. Yeah. The, 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 the evolution of the NBA player has been something else. It's so, been interesting. I want to see, you yeah. know, I, I would like, I, I would love to see, I, I like that the Suns are slowing the game down a little bit. And, um, and you know, I, I do feel like Jay Crowder is just the most fucking wild ass player that's oh, on that team. I love Jay. 
<laughs> I, I just think, and I think that that's what they need. I think that that was the missing link for them to kind of get where they are right now in the playoffs was him kind of getting out of a slump and like, yeah. and, and even just letting him shoot through a slump. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. No, Jay was, he is, I've said this about him over and over again. He is the most confident shooter I've ever seen. Cause that dude has never seen a jump shot that he didn't just know he could make. Whether or not the likelihood of him making it is very high. He he's not even a great shoot. shooter. He's not even a great shooter, but he's the only <laughs> one on the team that does that kind of run gun aspect. And like, and he does it times a hundred. So like he kind of makes up for like two guys who aren't doing it. And and he's that agitator too. You know, he gives he gives he gives some uh, some additional swag to the team. Not not that the team's lacking any between book and you know, CP, but uh, Jay definitely brings a little something extra to the table. I mean, you know, when you eliminate the defending champions and salsa dance, that's, that's, that takes a special, that takes a special soul. (laughs) And then gets injected and sprints off the court. Yeah. What a stud. I watched that. I was just like, (laughs) like, I saw, I was like, Oh, he just got ejected. Like, but I love the way that like Jay's just like, he's just like piecing out himself. He doesn't, he doesn't care. Fall. Um, all right, I have I have to get yeah, out of yeah. here because my no. kids don't even yeah. remember me. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I guess we'll let you go for that, Nate. We appreciate it, man. Thank you so yeah. much for coming on. Seriously, this was a blast. Like, oh yeah, guys. Honestly, it. thank you anytime. Thanks so much for open, having me. Open invitation, bro. Great. Open invitation. Well, let's, uh, let's appreciate. Let's, yeah, if you just want to get something the, off your chest, just like let us know. We're more happy wait till the listeners. Wait till the listeners are just like, what the fuck did he say about Obama and the lockout? <laughs> like, like don't worry. you guys don't, don't, don't get that guy. Don't worry. Don't worry. Get that guy <laughs> off the show. Like that's what they're gonna say. But um, but it was just nice to talk about basketball, and it's nice to talk about the Phoenix Suns. Absolutely, brother. Hey, man, again, appreciate it. You're always welcome on here, folks. You can follow him on Twitter at Nate. Roots no, you can't because actually I, I stopped. I made my account private. Oh, shit. So I, I should feel very special then that I'm still like allowed to, 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 to view everything. So, yeah, never mind. I'll edit that out. I'll, I'll, I'll edit that out. Nobody will know. <laughs> All right, man. Hey, thank you so much, Nate. Appreciate it, man. You have a good evening, buddy. All right. Thanks, guys. Take care, All right, brother. Bye, Take Nate. Care. All right. We'll keep we'll keep going. I'll cut this up. We'll wrap up, but yeah. Um, all right. So, hey, Paul, yes, let's go ahead and wrap up this episode of Fan and Fans. Yeah, <laughs> no, that was awesome. Again, we appreciate Nate coming on. Uh, super cool to have him on. I, I, I tried to try to maintain my composure during that, but I'm a huge fan of his. Was you know been going to shows of his since I was a kid, so that was that was awesome. And dude, guy loves basketball, right? I mean, yeah, it was it was surprising. Honestly, you don't okay. I told you, I told you, man, the, the dude knows his ball. So we'll go ahead and wrap up this episode of fan in the flames though. Um, we, as always appreciate you guys listening. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter. I'm at, so says Jay Paul. I'm at dervish of world. And Paul, what's actually one last thing. Actually, I have one last thing too. Who's who, who's going to win the title. Phoenix Suns. Okay. I just wanted to ask you, I'm not going to say anything. But I'm not going to say anything. What, what I wanted to say was for you, Justin, as a fan of Nate and his music for going on almost three decades. Yeah. Um, for those of you out there who really only know him from fun, please check out his, some of his earlier bands, the format, never going to score. What was the other one that I don't even, that was before this, I, this, this past year. I don't think the, this, I don't think it was last year going to be very findable anymore, but 
Maybe. But yeah, yeah, I've got the, the more at the very least the format is great band. Sure. Um that's when Justin first introduced me to Nate's music and get more people out there to listen to it. Thank Paul's, you. Paul's Paul is I'm I'm, point, I'm, try, I'm trying to get Nate those streams. Can I just point out that Paul just plugged on our Phoenix Suns podcast a two-time Grammy winner hoping that more people listen to him. Just I'm just going to leave that out. Stuff. There. <laughs> that know. nobody knows about that he didn't win the Grammys for. Okay. That he should have. So we're going to go ahead and wrap up this episode of Fan in the Flames. Uh, again, we appreciate you guys listening to us. Let's let's not worry about CP3, baby. We're going to be just fine, Suns fans. We're going to win the Western Conference Finals, and we're going to do exactly what you think I think we're going to do. Okay? I'm going to leave it at that. And depending on when you're listening, <laughs> it wasn't a really good segue. Have yourself a good morning, good afternoon, or good evening. Valley boys, we them 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 valley boys. Let's go, sons, to the day y'all die. Valley boys, we them 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 valley boys. Let's go, sons, to the day y'all die.